welcome back, Cal listeners. This is Methodical Millions, where you can better your future and better yourself. Cal, we've got another awesome guest with us today. So everyone listening, please welcome Amber C. Payton from ThinkSmart. Amber, how are you today? I'm good. How are you? Doing awesome. Thank you. And where are you joining us from? I am joining you from Akron, Ohio, but I live in Chicago, uh, but I'm at my parents' house right now. That is awesome. Always good to see family. (laughs) It is. It is always nice. Yeah. (laughs) I've actually been to Chicago. We did a, our work took us to a Chicago Cubs game with Toronto Blue Jays. So, oh yeah. I don't know if you were there that weekend, but they played like two, three games back to back and it was the first time in 50 years or something crazy. Yeah, it's that was a big game. Um, but the Cubs are, I mean, it's a whole experience. I always tell people when they come to Chicago and they have time, they have to go to a Chicago Cubs game of all the sports because it's everything around the stadium. It just kind of gives you like a really good idea of how Chicago handles sports in general. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I loved it. And, you know, soccer is pretty big, too. And we actually went to a Toronto FC game with Chicago Fire. Like, it was back-to-back. It was an amazing... I know, it was crazy. And not to boost up Toronto too much, but we ended up in this one section with all the crazy (laughs) Toronto fans who actually drove down. And um, had, like, a beating drum and, like, you know, face paint. It was really cool. (laughs) Yes, I think people don't realize how big... um, I was actually out with some partners two weeks ago and they were kind of like i mean how many sports are really in chicago and i was like we have a lot of sports teams actually they're like oh yeah you guys have like chicago fire and i'm like that those games are huge when i was working with um i was a national account manager for james hardy we had a skybox there and we had a lot of polish and mexican american um, contractors and builders that we deal with and they were fighting for tickets all of the time it was insane like I did not understand like soccer at that level for the United States until I was at the Chicago fire game. And I was really impressed with how many people really get into the games and like follow the club. And it it actually is a really cool experience. And the stadium itself holds a lot of cool concerts too. So it's definitely something if you're in the city and want to try something new, I would definitely go to Chicago fire game over a bears game. And people probably kill me for saying that, but that's just my opinion. I agree. I totally agree. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been to a Bears game, but Cubs all the way. It's it not was great. Bad. It was, I don't know. Yeah. It's it was bad. a great atmosphere. So, Cal, yeah, there's yeah. two baseball teams in Chicago. It's a huge city. Um, you guys it's have a lakeshore like Toronto. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm actually half Polish. And my mom actually told me that there's the most Polish yes. people in Chicago outside of Poland, it's which insane. I thought was some really cool trivia. Yeah. Yes. There's a huge Polish lithuanian culture like a lot of eastern european culture in chicago thing that sucks is like it is a very segregated city but the cool thing is if you are open-minded and you're okay with like exploring the different neighborhoods you kind of feel like you're in some of these like countries because people really stick to their neighborhoods and and try and cultivate their cultures from where they're from so you can really kind of like go from Jamaica to Poland to, you know, um, the Philippines. Like there's all of these different neighborhoods that give authentic food from the culture. So that's the benefit of it being kind of a segregated city in that way that you really can embrace like a lot of different cultures and people if you're open to it, you know. Oh, 100%. Whenever we're going to visit, yeah. we'll, we'll give you a shout. You can give us another tour. Um, yes, of course. 
and I love jerk awesome. chicken, so I'm expecting some oh, really good Polish food. Oh. And, <laughs> and I've never been to Jamaica. Oh, oh my, my gosh, yeah. yes. I know. Jerk chicken, yes. You're in Toronto. Isn't there a huge like Caribbean vulture in Toronto? Ma- massive. I almost eat jerk chicken every day. Yes. <laughs> there, it's good. I just want to try from Chicago. You so know, good. no, it's it's fantastic yes. Um, yes. in a lot of ways. I think people compare Toronto to um, Chicago. Have you been to Toronto before? I have. So being from Northeast Ohio, you know, we kind of are like a suburb of Canada. We always joke because like if I went to the Niagara Falls or Toronto, like one more time as a kid, I think I would be like, I'd rather go somewhere else. It's like an easy drive, you know, from like what Niagara Falls is like four, five hours from us. So that was a fun vacation. And Toronto, my parents went for New Year's with friends. So yeah, I'm very familiar with like that more Eastern part of Canada for sure. So totally. Toronto is a very clean, beautiful city. I live there. Yeah, it's, it's great. Except yeah. I think rents are really high now for some reason. But um, I've been to Marysville actually in Ohio, and I think it's like a six-hour really? drive or something. Yeah, there was it was again through work. So <laughs> okay. they took us somewhere Why? cool. They took us to Miami too. <laughs> it was a, I know, I know. Well, it was uh, wow. it was through work. I, I went on a racetrack. It was a lot of fun. So it had to do with horses or or cars or something. Like, yeah, it was car. It was cars. Yeah, okay, you got it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it reminds me, Cal, of like. London or Windsor, where it's just London's actually really cool, yes. London, Ontario, but Windsor, where it's just like empty roads and um, yeah, a lot of uh, outskirts. So, but the funny about the, the, I was talking to a friend who said that, you know, Toronto is actually very southern. It's like the New York of like, it's close to New York, it's close to a lot of things. And like, if you've ever been to Montreal, it's close to the, the US border too. So we're, we're definitely friendly neighbors. Awesome. So, Amber, thanks so much for joining us. I want to yes. start out and ask you a question. So, sure. what gets you excited about life? a great question um especially right right now being a startup phase i think just the hope for what's to come and the people i have around me you know there's days where things can be so tough but getting a funny meme from a friend can change your whole mood you know um or my little brother putting up a video of my niece who's 10 months you know it's it's those little moments that get me excited taking a day and just kind of exploring the city with my camera and taking pictures with no real agenda. So I would say what excites me is just the little moments that kind of can shift your attitude. If you're having a bad day, they just kind of pull on you and remind you that whatever you're going through at that moment, it's not that bad. Yeah, right on. And there's a lot to be thankful for. And a lot of modern day life perspective is everything because I think once you realize you come from a place of thanks and then say, you know, opportunities everywhere. I think, you know, you can choose how you frame your life and, mm-hmm. you know, it, it makes a huge difference. It really does. And my mom had a conversation with me actually yesterday because having a company in our acceleration stage and really trying to secure certain funds and getting things, you know, um, in a certain, like I have these revenue goals and she's like, you know, you, you know, it's not all about reaching these numbers and achieving all of these things like it's about like just being present and appreciating those moments in your life that you know you can't get back and when i think about like my oldest niece is now 16 and it's like where is time gone you know she was just like a little girl i was holding uh, you know and now she's at 22 and now she's a, an adult asking me for makeup you know but it's just like I think the excitement is just like life and those moments with people and things of that nature. So 
yeah, and appreciating them. Oh, hundred percent. You know, and I think sometimes, you know, we all have our rough patches and it's going through those that helps you appreciate the good, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And you don't understand it totally at the time, but in hindsight, many of my failures, I'm kind of like, wow, I'm so grateful things didn't work out. You know, um, I'm so grateful I got beat up like this because I learned so much in the trenches. And I think some of us are so afraid to take risks and learn something different or meet new people. And all the times where I've really stepped out of my comfort zone or asked, um, met new people or made a mistake in business, it's always made me more have a better perspective on life. It's always helped me to be more grounded and um more aware and it gives you um, a humility around like the way you think the way you're doing things is not always right and there's other ways to do it and the other ways aren't bad and you learn that things there's ebbs and flows you know and um i just don't think we do that enough as people and if we did i think more people would feel more grounded and appreciative of who they are and who other people are yeah, totally. And it's a very insightful, you know, view, I think. And I think it's good. It's powerful because you can actually reframe who you are and say, I'm going to, you know, work on something interesting or I'm going to see the world in a new way. And I think if people are not open minded with culture or people or endeavors and entrepreneurship and all that stuff, like I think it does hold people back. And, you know, as you're speaking, I'm kind of wondering, why is there this? wall that people put up with the safe route, which is like you said, relationships or new projects. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it could be the safe job or the safe path of who you network with really. And um, what do you think that is? What makes, you know, safety so appealing or is it how people are going to look if they try something different? What are your thoughts on that? That's a good question. I would say that one of the main reasons I believe people play it safe is because the unknown is so scary and you can't control it. And so I think there's a level of control that a lot of people have that can't allow for themselves to just let go and and let things take that risk. It's sometimes as simple as, you know, some women I know are afraid to just wear a red lip. And I'm like, what is the red lip going to do if you just wear it tonight? Oh, I don't want to look a certain way. I don't want to this and that. And it's like, there's all these hangups. And, and so I think that the control and the fear of what other people are going to think is what keeps a lot of people from actually like going out and doing something um, and taking that risk it's kind of like that old story, like the nineties rom-coms with the teenage rom-coms where it's like the star athlete likes the artsy girl and he connects with her, but it's like such a secret because he doesn't want people to think that like he is like this girl because of what it means to like her. Cause she's different. And it poses this idea that if he's a football guy, he can't be an artist. We can't be multidimensional. That's impossible. So people stay in these little boxes based on what other people think, I believe, and how they want people to see them. Instead of understanding that we're not one dimensional, we have so many different parts and facets of who we are, and we need to embrace that with different people. It's okay to be the star athlete as well as a great vocalist and an artist, and you know. but I think we've just kind of put these 
labels on things that have caused for a lot of people to just stay in their in their safe spot and not venture out. Yeah, that's that's a point that you bring that I've been preaching for years. You know, I had this conversation with a lot of my loved ones, my friends, and the societal labels that we put on things that is not a hard rule, just an idea or habit or just tradition that Mm -hmm. this is the way it should be. And it dictates our lives, which it shouldn't, obviously. So you bring a fantastic point here that I've been really preaching for years. And I've been actually guilty of being one of those people, not pointing out on others, but just, uh, just towards myself, I would just think that I shouldn't do this or shouldn't do that because I'm afraid of people might judge me. Mm-hmm. And the moment that I decided to move away from that and just do what I need to do to better myself, to improve myself, regardless of what others think, as long as I'm not harming anyone, then that's the moment that I actually felt that I was set free. It was literally felt like a, like a light bulb coming on. Mm-hmm. It was such a eureka moment. For me mm-hmm. to realize that even though people have been telling me that I just couldn't get away from it. And then I just got to a point, I think that it was very, very difficult. I was going through some challenges at work, but uh, basically um, it was so difficult that I, I cared so much of what people thought of me and it still didn't mm-hmm. get me where I wanted no. to be. And I thought, forget that. Absolutely forget it. Absolutely. And I was talking to a friend of mine recently and we were just talking about like, you know, how some, so much of what society has created, which we all need structure, right? But we've created these hard labels and expectations. It's like, you know, you go to school, you go to, you go to high school, you focus heavily to get into a good college from college. You want to meet a nice girl or guy um, or partner in life that, you know, you can kind of deal with, or you explore and have a good time in your twenties you get a good job, you get a promotion, you find a girl, you guys get married by 30, you know, and then you, you buy a house and 35 in our society, you know, you should have it all figured out really, right? Like the newer generation is kind of pushing back on that, but you should have your kids, you know, your MBA should be done, your career should be um, established, you're moving into bigger roles, you know, whatever company you're at, um, or entrepreneurship should be figured out. And that's where you should be. You should have the home and the cars and, and the kids. And, and what I, what we're finding in our society, and if anything, COVID showed us this is like, people aren't satisfied. I have friends, including myself, we're heading into our forties, some are in our forties. And we're like, this is not it. Like this is, they tell us to get married young. You, right out of college or before 30, have kids. And then, then what? I think that we put so many stigmas on what's successful, when you should be successful, what does success look like? What's the hierarchy of it? And if you don't achieve these certain things, or if it doesn't look exactly how it should look for the cultural norm, then you, you haven't really succeeded. And it's just not fair. It doesn't give a lot of people the opportunity to explore and learn because there's so much pressure to get to the next stage. And I, I find that dealing with a lot of my friends as now going into some in their late thirties, early forties, you know, some are happy and others are just trying to figure out what is the next step and what does that look like for their life? And so I employ anyone that's younger to just really take some risks 
while you're young and meet as many people as you can and make some decisions that may not make the most sense because it'll lead you down a different path that could really actually lead you in a different direction that might be healthier for you going into your latter years, you know? Yeah. I totally get you. And I think, no, it does. Like I'll use myself Mm -hmm. as an example. So, you know, you grew up and like, I did pretty well in school, but I ended up dropping out of university and here's why. So Mm -hmm. didn't know what I wanted to do. I argued with my mom about, you know, she was saying you have to go and I really like music, but I didn't want to like waste money on that. That was my thinking Mm -hmm. or her thinking. And I had a scholarship for just, it was called undeclared arts. So you just get into what I took, yeah. ended up taking was philosophy because I had a really good mm-hmm. philosophy teacher in, in high school, which really opened my eyes. And then I did well, um, did that for about a year. And I try to think ahead of like, well, what do I do? You know, like I'm not going to have a job I love. And like getting a regular job just seemed not too exciting because I realized I'd just have the same job for 20 years and mm-hmm. be really, really sad inside. Like I wouldn't feel fulfilled. It wouldn't right. be, yeah. you know, I'm like, this is what being adult is. It sucks. Yeah. Like I wasn't portraying who I was inside to the world and it was not a good feeling. And then you have to realize, well, you got to have to live somehow. So, you know, I buckled down, I switched gears into car sales and uh, the pivot there in case anyone's wondering, you know, I went from having the best job in university to like the worst job as an adult, quote uh-huh. unquote, because I was a valet yeah. driver, drove nice cars, made good money. But I didn't mm-hmm. want to be a valet driver forever. So I started moving cars at a dealership. And that's like bottom basement entry level job when, you know, my friends are graduating and, you know, I was smart enough to graduate. Oh, yeah. It's just, I was like, I, I got to get off the train now or else it's never going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, you know, philosophy is amazing. It teaches you how to think and, um, but yeah. you can get really in your head. So I was like, I got to do sales mm-hmm. and like try and well round myself a little bit. So that was yeah. kind of that path. And funny you mentioned COVID because Cal and I, um, you know, we were talking about this for a little bit and what prompted this whole thing to start was a uh, pandemic, like the week after pandemic, we aired our first episode. So this has um, been an amazing awesome. journey of, yeah, exactly. So talking to like amazing people like yourself to connect with mm-hmm. people who are improving their lives, discovering what gets them excited or just starting mm-hmm. cool projects. And we would never have met likely otherwise, unless Twitter existed or it really sucks that people 20 years ago probably didn't have this channel to tune into. So like open your mind to something specific. Um, Now with the internet, we're all connected. So what I encourage people to do is instead of just taking in, so, you know, you always had taking in advice, taking in what the right path is and sticking to for that safe path, for example, and you're not going to live a bad life, but then one day you might wake up when you're 50, 60, 80 and say, what the hell did I do? You know, why didn't I try that one thing? So, you know, a recurring theme I always see on here is try stuff. That's like the number one, because there's not one right answer. That's the first thing school should teach. You know, it should teach like it's okay to do anything. And the advice is what I, what I find like you, Amber, you brought up a great point, which is life is an ebb and flow. It's ever evolving. Um, You know, there was that stat of like the, the newest jobs people are training for in college didn't exist five years ago. Like, you know, how many like influencers in like YouTubers, content creators, these Shopify gurus, um, entrepreneurs, it's all a cool space that none of our parents are, you know, qualified 
no to to talk about that so how can you possibly get yeah how can you possibly get advice from someone who has like didn't even understand that this space exists and like one of my favorite lines is be curious about the world because then you'll say well what if there's something to this and there's no expectation of you don't have to have an expectation of becoming well off from it but if you indulge in like lean into you know Mm -hmm. the new space like like there's a lot of new people into crypto or entrepreneurship or all these little things then you see the opportunities in front of you and you take a little bit out of your day to do that. And all of a sudden you can meet new people or you can learn something. And it's really a race against yourself because if you want to be happy, I would say you have to appreciate and have a baseline of like thankfulness of, you know, life could be worse. There's a lot of places in this world where, you know, people are going through some really shitty things and it's tough because we all live our lives and as much as like I think people want to say, oh, I'm going to save the world. Like it's it's a hard thing to do. You need a lot of money, a lot of time or experience. Like you have to learn about a space before you can comment yes. on it and help. You can't just say you're going to cure cancer and not study like or like world right. hunger, all the common stuff, mm-hmm. you know. And so what I always say is like grow in your area that excites you. And then over time, when you yes. grow and evolve then you can give back. And then all of a sudden, you know, you can give someone a job opportunity or you can give someone advice or you can, you know, change their life forever by something you say or give them encouragement and like even something intangible. It doesn't have to be money. So I think we're now in this, we call it an awakening or the space of realization of, you know, the world is almost how you make it because you choose who you connect with. Yes, I 100% agree. I believe that it will be our fault if we choose not to expand on our networks because we are given the gift of a global economy, a global network and global travel easily now. So if people can, at least in more first world countries that choose not to expand and go out and do and be and meet people, you know, they're going to be left behind really. Because just like now this whole podcast, like you reaching out to me, I could have been like, that's weird. I'm not going to meet with these guys. I don't know them. I don't know what they're going to ask me, but it's just taking the risk. Like, hey, these guys reached out. I reached out to them, love to be on the podcast, talk, meet new people and vice versa. Like, and that's the benefit of just making those connections. Like, what is there to lose? Now I know more people in Toronto, you know, and meeting you guys can connect with other people and vice versa. Now, you know, somebody in Chicago, you never know who I know. And it's just, that's if people would just, do a couple of things like every year, make a goal to meet three to four new people by sitting at a train stop or in the park and just meet people. You never know where it'll take you. And so I'm a hundred percent with both of you all with what you were saying. And I think we need to do more of it in our, in our society because we have the luxury to, to connect virtually as well as in person now. Oh, hundred percent. And um, the thing that I think I always use the example of, our version of Times Square is called Young and Dundas Square. It's a very small area, but I went to school there and you would have people handing out papers and yelling, shouting to the crowd and being in college or university, whatever you want to call it, you know, you'd walk by and you say, oh, okay, well, I'm not going to talk to them. And, you know, I've got my day and there's an assumption made. I would make that too, which is like, I wouldn't think they're crazy. It's just like you would never interact with them. So I almost liken that to say that there's a time and a place so you can't go you know something you're super have a big conviction about you can't always just stop people in the street but 
You can talk about it online. You can DM people. You could do this thing. And then these are how the connections are made. And there's a time and a place. So, you know, podcasting, I love as a medium because I couldn't talk about this stuff at work. Even even with family, like, you know, it's a five, 10 minute conversation. I don't know. Like, so yeah. there's something unique about connecting online. And I, I think passion's contagious. So people who love to do stuff and grow. And I think this is what is going to help drive the world forward. And I think at the end of the day, like we did it for a couple of reasons to track our progress and our intent to kind of do cool things. And I could never expect the value back we're getting like for having these conversations, it just pumps me up. Um, it really mm-hmm. sets me on a certain level for the whole week. And I just <laughs> love it because it reminds me why yeah. I'm me, if that makes any yeah, sense. Absolutely. It makes a ton of sense. Like we feed off of each other. And when you have good, authentic conversations, it gives you perspective. Because then when you talk to people and you really listen and hear what they're saying, and you're engaging in a healthy conversation, it's exciting because it invigorates you, you know? It gets you excited when you have authentic conversations and people are really real and they talk about things that kind of are relatable. And I think the cool thing about conversations like this is that we can talk pretty high level around our individual experiences, but we all interconnect and can relate to the story and can bring it back to ourselves and still listen authentically. And I think that's what gets you excited. And that's where you can hear the excitement because it's like, man, this person has a completely different journey than me, but the nuances are very similar. And that's why I preach like authentic networking and connections, because the more we meet other people, we realize that we're not so different. And there's a lot of themes in all of our lives that can interconnect and, and bring more authentic conversations and stories to the forefront when we meeting and, and learning about ourselves and other people. Yeah. What, what I get from this and like what a common theme here is that, you know, when you talked early about like people taking what they think is the right path, keep in mind that people usually giving that advice also did the same thing. So who was the first person who decided that, you know, university was the right way and let's say college. And then, you know, like that track you said, like it's people following people over and over and over again. And, Mm -hmm. and like, so does anyone actually believe that, you know, the problem is, is if someone's whole life is built on what they think others think of them, it's an illusion. And I think you're right. They're afraid to be wrong. And they just hold so Mm -hmm. strongly onto, this is my job. I'm doing okay. Like, if I have to hear another person tell me they've got a master's or, you know, they're an engineer, like it's the first thing they say, it's fine. It's fine. Like, but where's the connection? You can't just put your chips on the table and say, I'm better than you. That's what it feels like. Have some humility in life. Yeah. And like, I don't even know if it's intentional, but it's just, and it doesn't make them bad people. And I've met, you know, it doesn't mean you're smart, not smart, but at the end of the day, I don't think people like that are open to connection. They're not open to saying, This is my vulnerable self of, I want to yes, learn and grow. I want to actually yeah. listen to like what you have to yeah. teach me. And, you know, they just go into defense mode of like anything, anything flashy, like you said, like cars or mm-hmm. jobs, or, you know, it could be family. It could be where you live and how fancy mm-hmm. your vacation is. It's all bullshit yeah. at the end of the day, because it's not a connection. It's not like the people even doing it doesn't even get them fulfilled. So I think, no, it's good. We're talking about it because getting to the real, you know, 
actual part of the essence of like what drives people. It's a discovery process, right? Life's a journey. So I think it's okay to not know the answers. And then that's how you find out stuff about yourself and other people. Oh, yeah. And my dad always tells me, like, just because someone's old doesn't mean they're wise. They're a bunch of old fools. And he and I never forget that because you you think about like the point of that statement is like you think about older people being full of wisdom and and information. But if that older person hasn't allowed for the for the grid of life or certain failures to change them and, and become introspective, they're just living and they're just doing the materialistic things that you're supposed to do at each stage of life and not really taking in the value of what each stage in life offers. Right. And so I think it goes back to the point of what we're all essentially saying is that, you know, people as, as a whole, we can stay in these boxes and we don't, allow for ourselves even in failure sometimes to sit with that and understand what went wrong how do we improve and how do we fail forward and move forward a lot of people will blame themselves get down or they won't take the time to look at themselves to be able to move forward in in a better way you know um or they'll pass the blame on other people but one of the key things i think with one connecting with people I would say too is just being introspective and and dealing with ourselves and seeing how we impact other people and how we deal with things and how do we make changes that are gonna to help us that that creates the wisdom that's gonna make you a wiser person that's gonna help you understand more of the quality of life and and what that quality of life looks like when you're teaching others and having conversations like these you know. Yeah, I, I got to say your dad is wise, definitely for, for saying that. I had that conversation yeah. again with with my manager, to be honest. And um, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just it's a funny story, but uh, he's absolutely right. He's absolutely right. And, you know, it's the moment for me as well as the moment I realized that age is irrelevant when it comes to learning. So sometimes I can learn a lot from people a lot younger than I am. It doesn't necessarily matter that some people have that ego going on that mm-hmm. because I'm older, I should know more mm-hmm. or I do know more. And that's mm-hmm. that's a problem. And which I think mm-hmm. leads me to think smart or smart, right? So oh, right, is, is yeah. that basically <laughs> what you guys you want you want to share a bit more about that? So I'm I'm curious what basically your model is. Sure. So um think smart or smart is an integrated business and creative services marketplace for small to mid-sized companies. So we help businesses learn, grow, scale, and sustain their business at whatever stage they're in. And we do that by offering 10 key areas of business in the marketplace. So our main tagline is less confusion, more clarity. And one of those, the whole point of SMART initially, I had a consulting agency uh, firm and people, we did go-to-market strategies. And a lot of the organizations and companies that I worked with from project-based big brands down to the small individual brands, they all wanted us to do this cool sales and marketing strategy and build out this marketing campaign or sales trainings. They didn't have other tools in place, specifically the small and mid-sized companies, to be able to see the revenue success from sales and marketing. 
So I understood that there needed to be the 10 fundamental areas of business for people to be able to sustain their company at whatever stage they are in. So how do we create a marketplace or platform that gives people a nimble, digestible point of view, products, services, and information that can help their business at whatever stage they're in? So that's where SMART came in. So it's marketing, sales and marketing and integration, but it's kind of a play on words. So, you know, you have to dream big and think SMART. So that's where it came from. And um, what we found is, you know, a lot of companies, there's a lot of white noise out there. There's a lot of cool tools. There's experts in all different areas of business, but there's no one stop shop, one platform that streamlines all of the tools and products for small and mid-sized companies. And so that's where Smart comes in. That's awesome. Good for you. Because I think, you know, number one is whenever people say like, oh, I need money or I need, like people always make excuses about staying in their path like we talked about. And, you know, it's easy to tell people to try, but getting the courage to say, I'm going to actually do this. What was the turning point where you said, I'm going to actually start? Because I think it would be super helpful for our listeners who might be thinking, well, how do I start that project into something bigger? Yeah. So Smart came from a couple of bad situations with clients and trying to service small, mid-sized companies. And I couldn't take it anymore. I was like, there has to be a better way that everyone wins. I have to find a way to create an ecosystem that allows for consultants and subject matter experts to be able to teach or create services and products that can help small businesses. And there has to be a way that I can create a pricing model that accommodates small business owners so they can afford the information to help them, you know, start their business or sustain it. There has to be a way to do this because it's not working the way we're doing it. The small businesses, gig economists, freelancers, the United States, and I would say globally, we have not found a good way yet to accommodate the small to mid-sized businesses, gig economists, and freelancers. And so I was just, I was very focused on trying to find a way to create a model that everyone won and the corporation would win, the Freelancers, contractors would win and the small businesses would win. And they'd all end up helping each other and doing well for themselves. And because of that passion and failing forward again, um, I went to, you know, my business background and skills to really like create models and software tools and products that really accommodated all sides and allowed for the pricing and the structure of the organization to help where we can. And so we rolled out our first initial product, which is an e-learning product, um, which is live interactive workshops. They're run by subject matter experts. Um, And we have a couple of different solutions and SaaS product that's going to be rolling out next year. But the whole point is helping people 
ideate all the way to sustainability. And it really came from my own failures in the market and trying to get things going for myself from a business standpoint and also being in corporate for almost 15 years and saying like, okay, they have something that a lot of small businesses don't have and that's resources, tools, exposure, and then obviously capital. So that's, that's where the whole business came from. That's awesome. So you can almost take someone who is at the, you know, the early stage of wanting to grow and mm-hmm. just kind of school them to kind of catch them up with what the big corporations know and what they're set up for. So is there like a ABC kind of model or if someone just needs marketing, they want to come to you just for that? Like what's the, how do people find you that way? And how do people kind of go through your funnel of workshops, Services. let's say? Yeah, yeah, so um, so my CTO co-founder uh, Ikram, she's actually working on um, with one of our business, our board of advisors, um, Dr. Secure Jackson. They're going to be rolling out a quiz, an aptitude test that helps customers as they come to the marketplace identify if they don't know what they need. It'll target um, certain workshops that will work best for them and bundle them, so it'll be predictive analytics for the customer. So if somebody doesn't know what they need, they'll be able to go that route. We also are rolling out our smart strategists. Um, and so smart strategists are um, kind of c- customer success managers that if somebody needs to talk to someone, they'd have a dedicated account person that could help them through the process. And then organically, the way the website's set up, you can click on any of the business areas so you can click on sales and marketing and it'll open up the workshops that are available. And you click on one of the workshops and it shows you the times, dates, and the semester. And you pay, you purchase um, your workshop and you're shipped a smart box that has your printed workbook, cool swag and snacks all in one box. Um, so you're ready to learn in a fully immersive workshop experience. So that's kind of the talk track right now. So a customer has like around three different ways that they can engage with the company right now to get the answer that they need. The new kind of like staged beta 2.0 is website is rolling out Friday. And so you'll have all of the really cool key areas and workshops on the main page that they can kind of lead to the different decisions that they want to make. So if they know where they want to start, they can start there or they can take a quiz and it'll guide them to where they need to go. That's awesome stuff. Love yeah. it. How long do these workshops usually last? And sure. is there like always, you know, classes running? Yes. Yeah, so we offer workshops three times a day, nine times a week. So um, they're three day workshops and three hour sessions. And all of the workshops are available at all of the time. So we're a pure marketplace. So, you know, the cool thing is that there's a lot of options. If somebody can't afford to do it one week, they can take it the next week and sign up. And the different semesters, um, you know, there's different workshops that are available, but we always have our standard 32 that will always be a part of the marketplace that people can take in their all of the fundamental business area workshops. Like we have a really cool Internet of Things workshop for Web3, blockchain, understanding AI and how that applies to your business. Um, we have digital accounting, we have e-commerce drop shipping workshop. And so you can take the workshops Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 
Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, or three Saturdays in a row. And then the times are three times a day. And then the three-hour sessions you can sign up for are all during the week and offered four times a day. There's a lot of different options for people. and We tried to make it as flexible and accommodating for people's schedules. So if they can't afford the three-day, which is $2,500, they can take a three-hour course and it's $225. That's really, really cool, actually, because you take away the barrier of the no money mm-hmm. thing. So you know, someone, mm-hmm. not everyone has money and it might be a side project, but they want to learn. I think, yeah, mm-hmm. a couple hundred dollars is much easier than, you know, like 3000 for example. So right. that's awesome. And what I like that it's more like piecemeal bite size, whereas mm-hmm. something like a, a full college degree will be years and years. And then right. I think the biggest challenge is that the cost of education keeps going up. And I think when everyone has a degree that there's diminishing returns and it doesn't right. capture the ever-changing world. So I think you're really onto something because I can imagine, like you said, with Web3, and you can always change and add and iterate yes. on, if it is a marketplace, you, you're this mm-hmm. is going to be the place to go. Like there's always yes. going to be some fresh content. And I love that. So where do you find consultants and how do you vet them? Like, how do you know if they'll be you know a good leader to teach? And I'm well, curious this about is, that process. Yeah, it's super cool. So we always say once you've gone through the certification, it's out of our hands. When you when they teach a course, they're rated. So you will be able to see the workshops, the actual ratings of the instructor. So they'll have reviews and ratings on their landing page before you choose to, you know, pick a course or see who's teaching the course, they'll be able to see the ratings. So this model will eventually roll into similar like a product as a service like a uber model so it'll be on demand for consultants so currently calling all consultants is the campaign if anyone is interested in being a consultant it's smartcallingallconsultants.com and you can fill out our entry form um your resume um three uh recommendations and there's a whole list of questions that we ask including a headshot and that gets you kind of like in the review process. And then people really read themselves out, to be honest with you, because you have to go through a three-day certification like you're teaching a workshop. So it feels like a workshop. You get everything like a workshop, but you're getting certified. So then once you're certified, you get a lot of cool like social media branding for your website for Smart. And then you also um, will have your own landing page that is a referral code so you can promote it and do all that you want. And when you get rated, if you get less than three stars three times, you'll be suspended from the marketplace um, for the year. If you have more than three docs in a year, you will not be able to come back to the marketplace at all. So that's how we manage the criteria because people can give us, one of the things that I found when we were doing some of early research, people will tell you a lot of great things about how smart they are and what they know and their resumes are like super great, Ivy League, blah, blah, blah. And they can't teach. And this is really about not just being an instructor, but being a guide. And it's like having a consulting session with a dedicated amount of small business owners and you're working to guide them through implementing these skills immediately. So we want people that are smart, quick, spunky, that know the game, know entrepreneurship or know how to work with small business owners and give them the real life application 
so that they can apply this immediately into their business. We don't want a lot of theory. We want people that can can get into it with these small business owners and teach them what they need to know to do what they need to do and empower them to do better. So I think that was kind of a long-winded version of what you were looking for, but... No, not at all. I love it. Um, it's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess I kind of want to know, is this also like a opportunity for people who have skills to make money and they can run these workshops and get a piece of these fees? Is that kind of how it works for them? Oh, yeah. So, so we traditionally have three campaigns with Smart right now. We have the Global Brand Awareness Campaign. So we have consultants from all over the world. So the cool thing about digital is that you can be global from the beginning, you know? So one of the things that we have on the Calling All Consultants campaign is your time, your way. So we try and tell people, think of like the Uber model. You toggle into your workshop. Once three people sign up, if you're certified in that workshop area, you teach the workshop, you're paid out weekly, and you literally get a fixed rate. It's $2,500 out the door. And you can teach up to three three-day workshops weekly and eight three-hour sessions. So you could potentially average, if you teach 21 workshops annually, around 52000 a year. It caps at around 328 which is the average market rate for consultants. So that's how we created a model where it's a fixed pricing, but we've allowed for people to make enough that it's practical for if they were consulting or they need to pick up some money while they wait on their next retainer, they can teach a class a month and get a nice little side pay and, and keep it moving. And it helps us. And it might even generate leads for them because we're not competing with like agencies. They're normally partners of ours instead of, you know, actually us servicing in that bundle, you know, bigger accounts like that. So that's yeah. how that, that's how that works. Brilliance. That's brilliant. Thank you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm so Thank impressed. You. I'm so Thank impressed. You. There's so many things about the business model and how you do things and how you manage them that I'm very, very, it, it could obviously be replicated in other businesses and other ideas that I find that this is fantastic. This is absolutely Thank fantastic. You. You're not capping yourself or the people that you'll work with or your clients. No one's really capped to it. And there's a lot of opportunity. I'm just very, very impressed. Thank you. I really appreciate it. It's taken a lot of work and a lot of people thinking I'm crazy, um, but it's really paid off and I'm really excited about the brand and I'm excited to see where it goes. You know, people have asked me who are our competitors and I always say like, it's going to be hard for us to have a lot of direct competitors right now. But the more the brand gets popular, we're going to we're gonna have a lot of competitors. We're going to have a lot of people that are going to find different models within the marketplace that they're going to use. And that's fine. You know, everybody can have a piece of the pie. I worked for AT&T as a product manager, and I learned very quickly that we were fighting over less than 1% of the market from Verizon. And both of those companies do very well. So, you know, you think about your competitors, but don't let your competitors, you know, drive every decision that you make so that's kind of where i'm at and it's like you know we'll we'll see this is going to be an interesting ride and i hope you guys are around for it <laughs> oh 100 we're gonna follow along i just i just love it because no it's really cool because i mean you're empowering so many people on both sides mm -hmm. right so like yes you know consultants who like that's the thing like you said it's just on and off income so you're really growing the future of the world when it comes to making money online. And, 
you know, from people taking their skills they already have. Like, you know, I was talking to a friend about it. Why shouldn't you get paid for your skills? Why do you have to have a job where they choose what your value is? Why can't you take your value and make more money or whatever the hell you want to do? Like, it should be easy. So this is exactly what that is. It's kind of like plugging in your knowledge and your time in a totally unconventional in the past. I think it is. It has to be the modern way. It's brilliant. It's so good because someone can just sit at their computer in front of a, I guess, like a camera and a, I don't know if you do like any kind of whiteboard or anything, but you know, they can teach like for three hours a day is very reasonable um, for Mm -hmm. a lot of people. And, you know, you answered my question about class sizes. If it's going to be like, you know, I think some universities will do like a thousand people or a hundred. So it's ridiculous. Yeah. There's, there's no way they're just cramming as many people so they can make as Mm -hmm. much money. And, Mm -hmm. you know, this is a very like bespoke model. It's, um, you know, I think the value is going to be really high. So I think you'll also get a lot of probably repeat people. So if they have success in one of the modules, for example, they'll probably say, okay, well, what about social media versus marketing? And they'll kind of stay in the rabbit hole of in that ecosystem. I think it's, it's awesome. Well, and you know, the, the cool part about this, to your point, I think you guys will be excited about this. There are a lot of young people and giggers or even, you know, entry level all the way up to corporate extra cash or want to have um, some extra income. And this allows for them. So when you go through the certification, the software tool that we've created, it's idea to uh, presentation. So let's say you guys know how to create and sustain a podcast, right? But you don't know how to really formulate that to teach it. We've created an AI tool or software tool that allows for you to answer specific questions that auto-populates your presentation and workbook that goes with your workshop and it lives on your consultant dashboard. So now when you're getting toggled in to teach, you're already, once you've gone through the certification, you go to your dashboard, your lesson plan, your workbook, and your presentation are already there ready to go. So that you can just teach and do and do what you need to do. So that's what the three-day certification walks you through. And you're set up with all of the tools that you need to be able to manage that. And if you need to get certified in a couple of different workshops, you can. But that's literally what it does for consultants and giggers. Um, so that it makes it easier for you all to do the work that you want to do. And, and to teach and, and just get some extra income or make it like a full-time thing, you know depending on the supply and demand of the workshop that you're teaching. This is amazing. It's so, so good. And, you know, I didn't think of that of like, like you said, people don't know how to teach. Maybe they don't want to have the extra mental over overload of, they just want to show up, do the job and then get paid. Literally that's, that's it. And so this helps to kind of organize your thoughts in a strategic way that you can communicate it to your small businesses or customers that you're going to be dealing with. And it makes it smoother to understand and comprehend. Yeah, totally. Amazing stuff. I love it. Is there a, um, you know, I don't want to get too, like I always hear it's good to specialize like Amazon did with books and then Mm -hmm. you can grow. Mm -hmm. Is there an opportunity to teach people language, culture, as you seem to be a fan of, or you could move to art or like all sorts of things. Is there a thought that that might turn into something one day? So it's kind of funny you say that. You don't know how many people have thrown so many ideas of workshops my way. And I'm like, no, we need to control the environment. (laughs) 
the variable for at least 18 months. You know, like I got to keep these first 32, but the cadence will eventually be we'll review cool workshops and they'll go under our smart niche. So like someone that might want to teach NFT or cryptocurrency or, you know, how to develop artwork. There's so many different cool instructional things that people can do. That'll all fall under our purple color, which is smart niche. And so we will review those every two semesters before they roll out and make sure we have enough consultants or people that can teach it. We're hyper-focused on, and that is a part of the company roadmap. And everything will eventually fall under what you all see now is ThinkSmart Inc. is going to be Smart University, the product that we currently have. And then it'll be different products that will be available in ThinkSmart Inc including a publishing arm, uh, e-commerce site um, for shopping, for workbooks and all kinds of fun stuff, an investor portal, partner portal. So there's a lot of different things we have in the roadmap, but we're trying to just stick with the first piece, which is education, sustainability, getting people to understand and trust the brand, take that revenue and continue to build out and as people gain more trust and, and believe in the product more, they'll feel more comfortable trusting other parts of the company and the marketplace. And so to your point, yes, we do have a lot of different ideas around that. And we're welcoming people coming in and saying, hey, you know, I have some cool ideas. I want to develop this and that. And we actually have created a bulk amount of stock options um, and equity in the business for giggers and freelancers so that they can feel like they're a part of an organization. I was really big on that. I wanted a certain chunk of the business to give stock to our freelancers and consultants that are helping us with the business. Yeah, it's absolutely huge. It's so, so cool because I can see the evolution and you took the vision of having people connect with each other. I love how that was like the central theme of our the beginning mm-hmm. because it really merged it really well into what you're working on and the opportunities are endless. And that's what I think a good business can grow into, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I was going to say like, then you can rebrand your smart for... It's. I'm glad you mentioned sustainability because I guess to have people live a sustainable life is important. And that's what you're mm-hmm. doing is letting them be empowered for things like making extra money and you know, there's always seems to be a crunch on it's either wages or like time and mm-hmm. just access to opportunity, I think is really mm-hmm. lacking in this world. And it's, it's great because you break down the barriers of the whole worldwide thing. And also there's no pretense of like where you're born, what your background is, um, you know, where you went right. to school and it's just the love of ideas, the love right. of learning. And that's really, I think what this kind of thing should be about. So it's fantastic. And I guess you have to come up with the rest, Thank like you. M for, I don't know, motivation, um, accountability, <laughs> something R. Knowledge is a good oh, one. Oh, I love that. Someone's, yeah, someone's got to come up yeah. with an R. Yeah. I didn't so, think about that. Well, yeah, because when you rebrand to the university, this is the sales and marketing. It won't be enough, right? It's got to be so many. Right. That's so, oh my God, I love that. You get equity. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I know. Maybe down the line, I'll have to right, add some value might, there. I'll be a right. I'll be a consultant for something. But um, yes. no, I, it's absolutely brilliant. It's it's this is what gets me excited. And at the end of the day, like, how can you not just leave this conversation and be in love with life? You know, that's all. Yeah. It's always what brings me back to doing it. And um, that's amazing. I love it. So, Sorry, go ahead, John. I just want to say, um, I usually, if I don't have anything good to say, I keep it to myself. But 
I am so excited for you. I can't remember the last time I've been this excited and I have nothing to do with it. And it's just so exciting (laughs) because I think you've cracked it. This solves so many issues, whether it was time for people working or time for people taking the courses, whether it was the frequency, the money, they're in control and the opportunity, the, the things they can learn. I just followed Smart's Instagram page as we were speaking right now. It's just brilliant. I just can't wait. I can't wait to see what's next. And please, please, please stay in touch and I let will. us know what happened will. because this has been absolutely brilliant. I, this means a lot to me because just being transparent as human to human, like it's been, it's been a hard year. Um, I've had a lot of ups and downs and I've had some weird sicknesses. I got COVID and it's just, I've had to fight really hard um, through a lot of adversity, a lot. And I have a strong faith and God has really gotten me through a lot of moments that I didn't think I was. And so moments like this, it's like, these are the moments that you appreciate and you take away and you're like, this is what's going to get me through this next December, this moment right here, where just to hear your excitement and connecting with you guys, we had, we didn't know each other. And that's what's cool about this. You know, I appreciate you guys having me on the show. It's just really nice to have connected with you all. And it means a lot that you all said that. So, and you picked up on it very fast, which is another value we'll add to this conversation. Yeah, 100%. I think you just wrapped it up there and you've answered what the R, the R stands for resilience. <laughs> that's Ooh, what it should stand for. Yes. Really, really good. I'll send it to you. Don't worry. You can uh, write them down. I I know it's a hundred percent. Let's make it happen right here. So, um, no, it's really good. You're just a super, you're such an inspiring character and I love how, how much drive you have with it. And this is really what I want people to take away from this conversation, which is that when you have this, like in a bottle, which is the excitement, and this is really what makes the world better. I think, this breaks down everything. Anything that should be impossible is possible and really just comes down to loving life and moving the world forward. So what an amazing conversation. Thanks so much, Amber. And we'll definitely keep in touch. So much. You guys have a wonderful weekend. <laughs> Take care. You as well. Thanks. Thanks. Bye-bye. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So with that said, let's wrap up today's episode. Thank you for listening to another episode of Methodical Millions, where you can better your future and better yourself. Thanks, everyone.